Okay. It's the last bookshop in Japan podcast, as everybody knows. Um, and I've got sitting opposite me a guy called Dario, Italian. Um, what's your full name? Dario Lupoli. Okay, where are you from? From Napoli, Italia. Napoli, okay. Yeah. And, uh, well, your intro, intro here, you, you're actually playing the banjo. How long have you been playing that? About one year now, yeah. That's pretty good. Why did you start the banjo? Uh, well, there isn't a reason. I was looking for a guitar. I was in this shop and I saw a banjo and I was, I was, I fell in love with the banjo. Like now, like in the in the spot, I I, I saw it and I, I I just felt that I had to play it. And then I started play it, uh, playing it, and I never stopped since then. Okay, that's pretty good. Well, you you're doing a great job on it. Okay. I actually wish I could just. Let you play the banjo and not interview you, <laughs> listen to you all the way through. <laughs> but that won't be interesting for the listeners. Um, usually, I start off with a, a, a range of questions, and um, my first one is: Do you remember the first book you were read to by your mother? This is a new format in a certain way. Read by my mother. Oh, uh, your father? You don't know? Yeah. I remember uh, my mother reading me and my brother this book called Pinocchio. You know that? Okay. Uh, yeah. Was he Italian or was he? Yeah, the, the the original story is Italian by uh, a writer called uh, Collodi, I think. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, it, it's really different uh, okay. to, from the, 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 the So that influenced Disney you story. to continue lying all through your life, right? Uh, well, uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, that's uh, yeah. Uh, I was traumatized. By traumatized. It. <laughs> the whole whale thing. Fake news. The whale. <laughs> the whale. Whale. You know, eating people and stuff. Yeah. That's why I came to Japan. Okay, Pinocchio. There you go. <laughs> okay, so I'm just going to give a little bit of the background. I'm not going to say much myself. It's an interview. So the reason why we know Dario is he plays in the We Are's. This is the house. The house. The bookshop house band. Um, and he, uh, like you said, he plays a banjo, and he's in here every night. He lives around the corner, um, and he's got two kids and a wife, which is goes got well with kids. two kids. <laughs> and three kids. <laughs> three kids, sorry. Yeah, he just had a new addition. Yes. Yeah. <coughs> How do you feel about that? I'm very, very happy. <laughs> of course. <laughs> okay. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm yeah. tired. Okay. Back to books again. If you can remember when you were young, maybe in your your, your teens or whatever. What book really, really kind of like influenced you? What did you really like? I mean, we we started with what your mother or father read to you as a kid, but what really clinched you into reading when you were a kid? Uh, well, uh, always been into science fiction in a way. Uh, w- one of my first reading that I can remember is, uh, I don't know the name in English of this book. is by Jules Byrne. It's called. Uh, uh, 
is it called in English? I don't know. It's called Viaggio al Centro della Terra in Italian. Is uh, sixty thousand leagues under the sea? No, or no, something no. It's like the that. other one. The other one. Uh, um, to the, the, the the center of uh, the earth. Yes, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was made one. into an old movie, I think. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Nineteen sixties, I think. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's one of the first things that I read, like world book that I read by myself. Do you remember how old you were? I was, but uh, I was like in elementary school. I was probably nine or ten or something. Okay. And uh, but the first serious reading that I started doing was uh, my my brother. He had a big influence on me on on on, on, on reading and literature and shit. And and uh, he was uh, already he is five years older than me. And when I was a teenager, he was already like seventeen or something. And uh, he was reading uh, all these science uh, fiction books like Asimov, uh, okay. classic, you know, classic right. science fiction. And I started reading uh, Asimov, um, uh, you know, the, the Foundation okay. uh, series, and I got totally... So did you go through all of them? Yeah, all of them, really? all of them. I couldn't stop. So you went through, I mean, is it all the series? It's like, it's a series, it's like three... Uh, trilogies, so it's like nine books, mm -hmm. and uh, and and then I read all the you know the the the, the short uh, novels and all okay. the, the stuff they wrote. Uh, no, all the stuff they wrote because he was this guy was writing like 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 crazy. He was he, he's produced a lot of, of, of books and interesting literature. But yeah, I read a, a big a, a, a chunk of, of of his production and and. Um, uh, but is the foundation and the empire uh, and the robot uh, trilogies that make the, mo the the central part of this production? They're uh, one of the most beautiful things. Uh, well, right? Yeah, I love that. When I was a kid, my mother used to be mad into books, and there was always bookshelves around and always books on the shelves. My mother, I, I've, I've said this before in the podcast, but she she loved the books and she was connected to publishers and she used to proof them, etc., etc. But we were also very scared to touch the books on the shelf. Some of them were worth money or whatever. And it's kind of like, don't touch that. <laughs> All right. It's like whatever. But did you have a bookshelf in the house when you were a kid? I mean, our house in Napoli is, is basically is uh, filled with books. We have books in, a, in each room, I think. Each room. Yeah, yeah. Well. It's uh, it's filled with books. Um, my my parents they used to read a lot before we were born. I think I don't remember the reading a lot after when we were kids, you know, um, but the, the house was full of books and, uh, and you know, magazines and stuff. Uh, they were architects, so the, the, there were a lot of, you know, uh, architecture. You say your magazines. parents were architects? Yeah, they, are, they were. Both yeah. of them? Both of them, yeah. Well, so there's architectural books, but there's also fiction and non-fiction as well that wasn't just yeah, based on architecture. Yeah, a lot of fiction and non-fiction, and a lot of, of books on architecture and uh, history of architecture, history of art and stuff like that. Uh -huh. uh, and I, I could get, and I got some very strong influences uh, on my, on my, you know, uh, I, I somehow the, the, the books that were in the house influenced mm -hmm. me to take a certain path. And, and I, 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 I can trace that back to all these books on, on, on Chinese and Japanese architecture that my father had. In, uh, it, my father was especially uh, interested about Japanese architecture. Okay. And uh, mm -hmm. he had a few books about that. And I was very fascinated by that. Okay. And I mean, just a bit of a background, 
you're in Japan, you, you, you're married to a Japanese woman, um, but why did you come to Japan? What, what, were, you, what were you doing before? Well, actually, I, I graduated in Chinese um, culture, uh, so I studied Chinese uh, history and uh, art and, uh, and language, of course, and then I went to, to China after graduation, I stayed there like about five years, mm -hmm. and during that period I met my wife. We you met her in China? Yeah, we met in Shanghai. What was she doing there? She was working for an advertising com company. Okay. And uh, we met there. She she's Japanese, and um, and then at one point we decided to to move to Japan. And okay. Did you have any kids then, or was that after you came to Japan? No, we came to Japan. And then okay. we had the kids. But yeah. she speaks Chinese. You speak Chinese. She speaks Chinese. I speak Chinese. She can speak Chinese too. Well, yeah. And we we used to speak Chinese to each other before we came to Japan. And do you still speak Chinese now? I don't have many chances to speak Chinese. Mm -hmm. uh, fortunately, I, I, I love Chinese. It's one around my, my, my favorite language. Uh, I, I, of course, when I was in China, I used to speak every day. I used to to speak Chinese for for my work, so I used to speak every day. But um, since I came to Japan, I didn't have many many occasions to to speak Chinese. So um, but you've learned Japanese as well. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 What's I, the difference? I mean, I don't. I'm basically ignorance on languages uh, I'm, you know, I'm English so the <laughs> way I see it yeah yeah you're English so you don't speak any language uh, yeah thank you very much <laughs> <laughs> we can delete that part uh, yeah. <laughs> any anglophone that I know uh, they, they tend to, to, to think that English is the the, 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 the language it's right. the only language that you need to know in, <laughs> in the world no offense yeah no, no I don't take offense um, um, but um, yeah Chinese and Japanese, uh, the way I see it, they are very complementary. They they have different uh, difficulties. Uh, I mean, where Japanese is simple, Chinese is difficult, and vice versa. Right. I mean, mm, for me as as an Italian, Japanese pronunciation is very easy mm -hmm. because basically the the sounds uh, encompassed by Japanese language are already in in italian language okay. i mean of course with different meanings but we we, we use doc, those kind of sounds in italian already mm -hmm. there there aren't sounds in japanese that we actually don't use maybe h you know they aspired h like he, he, mm -hmm. like ha he, or that kind of sound we don't use it in italian but it's not difficult to to produce while uh, chinese pronunciation is very difficult for mm -hmm. uh, for us uh, for me as an italian because they have sounds that we don't have like gr or, or uh, okay. some, something like that and then then they have the tones that we don't use in European languages okay I've just I'm just gonna interrupt a little yep. bit I've just started well for the first time in many many years I've got quite a lot of Japanese translated books fiction into English have you read any Chinese fiction and who would you recommend what books would you recommend by famous Chinese authors fiction or non-fiction but Chinese uh, fiction yeah yeah I mean, we're, we're here. We we know Endo. We know Kabat. Uh, we know all these Japanese writers, but I don't know anything uh, about uh, Chinese writers. Well, uh, well, Chinese literature has very long history. I mean, it's one of the most ancient uh, um, literature in the world. So, uh, I mean, uh, 
for example, English literature is not that old. So yeah, it right. doesn't get get back very very in, very back in the in, in So Shakespeare is pretty young. It's young. It is young, young, young compared to you yeah, know like course, Latin yeah. authors, uh, Caesar or whatever, or Greeks. Uh, but you contemporary know. Chinese writers. I mean, not contemporary, but Modern say eighteen, nineteen. Uh, for me, the the. the one of the of the of the authors in Chinese literature that, has, uh, 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 that had a big impact on me was Lucian. Okay, uh, it's very famous. Anybody knowing something about Chinese literature knows Lucian. Lucian was uh, basically was the 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 passage between ancient east ancient literature and modern literature and he was v it was very concerned about the people and he, he, w he wrote about the people and he wrote about normal people he mm -hmm. wasn't writing about aristocrats or you know he was writing about working class and whatever he, he wasn't communist he never got into the communist party for 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 some reason but uh, at the same time the communist party Always look back at Lucian as a reference point. Uh, okay, that's so yeah, but it was it was never never it never actually got into the Communist Party because it was totally apolitical. It was it, 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 his writing wasn't about politics; it was about the people, mm -hmm. and and that's some something that I always loved about him and okay. and the effectiveness of his writing. Okay. Uh, if you have a chance, you should read something about. Uh, what about modern writing. Japanese writers? I mean, in Japan, I, I think this this bookshop is is kind of like used to be popular through backpackers, and I used to kind of get so tired of backpackers are coming here and they'd say, "Have you got any Murakami?" And I used to say, "Well, there are other Japanese authors, not yeah, just Murakami." Sure, sure. What about what about Chinese contemporary authors? Like, is there a, an equivalent to Murakami? Or yeah, well, uh, I. To be honest, I have um, left that. You know, I I, I I I haven't been into literature in the last you know ten or so years. So I I I wouldn't know who's the you know the big thing right now mm -hmm. in China. To be honest, yeah. I haven't followed that in the in the in the last years. And um, uh, what I know is that there is. Uh, well, literature is a very complex thing in China, but um, there are many, you know, uh, new writers writing these science fiction books in, mm -hmm. in China, and they have um, they're having big success abroad as well. They're making, you know, television series about that and mm -hmm. stuff. So they're getting some some visibility abroad as well. Uh, and that's 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 good thing. Um, there are some writers that are less known in in in, uh, in Western countries. Uh, basically, that's that's a language problem. Some of them they, they never get translated, okay. and if you don't get translated, mm. there are many chances that people mm. read you. Uh, it's not like. Uh, if you have like an English or an American writer, you can still mm. read it. You can still have some chances somebody is going to read it in okay. English. But Chinese writers, uh, because Chinese is, is is very different languages, uh, language and Italian people don't get it. And you you need to go through translation. And translation is a filter mm -hmm. because uh, translation 
uh, you need uh, a publishing house mm -hmm. willing to translate it okay. and, and, and willing to pass it to the to the to the readers mm -hmm. uh, and that's a choice mm -hmm. and it's kind of censorship in a, in a way if you right. if, if you want to look at it that way some writers some of them very very known like Mo Yan they, they used to be very known in the 90s because they came from this you know um, uh, this current called the search for the roots I don't know if that's the way it's translated in English uh, probably but it, it, it's it's current where was looking at the roots behind the, the, the Chinese um, revolution mm -hmm. Uh, so basically, the the the, the, the reasons that the 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 environment that somehow produced the revolution, and and it's very interesting yeah. because you're you're looking at you know at the events the day before it right. at the eve right. of the events yeah. uh, at the eve of the revolution. Uh, so everything that was before that. Um, it's very interesting because it's like ancient China, but it's an ancient China. It's that wants to change, it wants to go mm -hmm. over itself, it wants to get to to, to different paths, and you know, that's a very interesting current. Uh, yeah, and I could, I, and some are very famous like uh, Yuhua and so on. So I'm gonna interrupt again. It's yep. like, so you lived there for how long in China? Five years. Okay, and you've been here how long in Japan? Now it's been eight years. Eight more years. Or less, yeah. If you could condense what I'm going to ask you now, how do you feel about Japan and how do you feel about the transition you made from China to Japan? Well, uh, it was very easy transition for me in a way because um, because I had my wife okay. and I had my wife's family um, welcomed me uh, when I came here uh, so it was easy for me in a way to come here um, uh, it's it's a difficult question because I, I devoted my life to China okay I studied Chinese and I went I went to China mm -hmm. and I, I wanted to stay there basically I mm -hmm. didn't I didn't have any reason to leave I didn't I, I never thought about coming to Japan right. uh, I, I studied actually I studied Japan as a second language at university right. but to be honest let's be honest yeah Come to on. be let's honest be really fucking honest yeah let's be yeah. fucking honest <laughs> uh, I, that wasn't my choice okay uh, when I went to university everybody around me were saying you're crazy you studying Chinese it was 2001 mm -hmm. China just got into WTO and nobody gave a fuck about China. China was just this this poor country, you know, this poor big country mm -hmm. uh, somewhere in, in, in Far East. Mm -hmm. And nobody knew anything about that. People were asking me, do they speak Japanese in China? Stuff like that, right. you know? And <laughs> it was 2001. It's mm -hmm. not that, that long ago. And um, uh, for some reason, I, I was really in love with Chinese culture. I was in love, mm. I, I've been in love with Chinese uh, culture since I was like 11 or 12. So what do you think about Japan? And <coughs> uh, so, my, but I, I'm getting there, I'm getting there. Okay. Uh, I, it takes time, okay, uh, okay. Be, be patient. Yeah. <laughs> Try to stay awake, listeners. Yeah. Um, 
basically I I went to China to stay there mm -hmm. and it wasn't easy mm -hmm. of course because it's different countries different culture it's different way of looking at things and for me in many ways uh, coming to Japan was I, w I won't say relief because it sounds bad but it was easy because J Japan especially Tokyo it's it's more similar to Western countries than China is in, okay. in many regards. So it's, it's kind of like when I, I, I was a backpacker etc and when you get in uh, when I went through Southeast Asia I landed in Japan it was like Western it was yeah. just easy it was kind of yeah. like well yeah this is not traveling anymore this is just you know <laughs> yeah I, somehow yeah japan got mm. this you know this this influence from western countries i mean i'm talking about tokyo because that's the the, the kind of, of place that i know about uh, i've been in other cities i've mm. been in the countryside and the way i see it, tokyo is in many regards an emanation of of, of, of america mm -hmm. uh, that can be taken in a very bad way from Japanese people. I mean, and they, they could think I'm saying that Japan, Tokyo is, 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 is an American city or something like that. I, I'm not saying that Tokyo is a Japanese city mm. in, in, in every aspect, but it got this influence mm -hmm. from, uh, from the States that you can see in many, many ways. Mm -hmm. But and, and I, I see that because I've been around Asia, I've been around several places, also in Japan. I can see that if you go in the countryside in Japan, I was mm. talking about this to a friend just a few minutes ago. If you go around Japan mm. in the countryside, you can you can feel you're in Asia. It's, it feels like you're in Asia, right? Mm. But then you come to Tokyo and you don't feel like you're in Asia anymore. Right, so right. Somehow it doesn't feel like Asia. It doesn't feel like Bangkok. It doesn't mm. feel like Shanghai. Mm. It doesn't feel like Beijing. It doesn't feel mm. like any other big Asian city. It mm. feels like somehow uh, a Western city. Okay, so what do you feel about Japan? <laughs> what do I feel about Japan? That's, that's a complex question. I mean, uh, if you could coin it into one sentence. Oh, two sentences. A small paragraph. <laughs> well, uh, at the end of the day, it's a place where I settled, mm -hmm. uh, where I m made the family, where I had three kids, uh, where I got married mm -hmm. first, and then I got three kids, and then I got stable job and decided to stay for a long time, and it's a place where I've been. Okay, I, I haven't even asked you, what's your job? Oh, uh, well... <laughs> <laughs> I I work for a, a TPO. Really, what's a TPO? A TPO is a trade promotion organization. It's it's basically a governmental uh, agency that helps um, companies from one own country mm. to export to another country. So, uh, well, Italy has a TPO uh, and other other many other European countries okay. I'm going to skirt away and I'm going to go back to books again have you ever started a book or got halfway through a book and just threw it against the wall and just or just put it on the floor and said I will not finish that book ever I just don't want to read it I'm just I'm angry with it or yeah well I don't usually do that because I think you should always give a book a chance mm -hmm. I mean not the book itself the writer mm. should give him a chance him or her um, 
you don't know what their intentions are until you are you you've gone through it and you can i i, I and that's a bit um uh I selfish being very nice way. though it's say. been it's a bit selfish mm. but at the end when you've been through the old book you are you get then you and only then mm -hmm. you get the right to say this book is shit okay that's the way i see it if you mm. just go through the first 50 pages and you say oh this book is shit and then you just toss it away you cannot go around saying this book is shit because you only read well, well, 50 I, I pages, don't know right? i mean i've just i've got through a couple of books and i just i will not persevere because it just feels wrong for me to go through all it's like yeah i i, I watch movies i love movies as well and I, i'll go through a movie and i after i always give it halfway i mean i mean i'm not that bad but i'll go halfway through a book i'll go halfway through a movie and then i've got the gist and it's wasting my fucking life, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah? yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, people say, don't waste yeah, your time. And you see these reviews of the book or the, the whatever. And I don't look at reviews per se, but I just actually feel in my heart, I shouldn't give it any more time. Be it the book. Yeah, I mean, it just feels like. Yeah, I understand the yeah, feeling. You know, if it's. And again, it's a personal opinion. So it's an opinion, your own opinion. Of course, of we're course. Not, we're not slagging down. Uh, like. Uh, for example, I, I, I've had this conversation with my brother and he, he, he feels exactly the same way mm. you feel. He says, it's just a waste of my time. Uh, why, why should I go? I, I have so many books I want to read. Right. Why should I waste my time with this book that I don't like mm -hmm. uh, when I, I could read something else, right? Yeah. And I, 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 I respect that. Right. But somehow I have this stoic idea that if you start reading something or you should start watching a movie you just you should go through with it and just see where he wants to go because sometimes it, it could happen that mm -hmm. sometimes the story doesn't start very well mm -hmm. and then at one point it gets better mm -hmm. and maybe the the ending is fabulous it's mm -hmm. brilliant and you don't get to know it because you right now i i've got a i've got a bone of contention though me and Dario disagree on not much actually actually we agree on quite a lot um, but um, one of my favorite writers is an Italian writer called Elena Ferrante oh, and when I first got to know Dario and he's from the same area and he, of course I've never been to Napoli um, but he was adamant that uh, this author was not really his cup of tea you might say and that's being polite in, yeah, in, I can I can I just ask you I mean again I'm I respect your opinion. Why don't and you I particularly like yours. Elena Ferrante? I respect yours. Continue speaking because I'm just going to take it. I back. usually respect yours, but in this case, I don't know. I'm going to be very unpopular if any Italian or any, you know, Elena Ferrante fan hears this. Um, they're going to be upset probably, but I, I don't like her. I think. Uh, I, I didn't like the, I, I I haven't read many things I have, I just read actually this 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 one book the the one about the two f the friends you know growing together in in Naples in the sixties fifties sixties and uh, uh, it's interesting in s somehow but uh, what I don't like about it is that this book could be settled settled in any city in the world it, it, sh it doesn't need to be napoli it could be anywhere there's not nothing that characterizes this book 
being about Napoli or Napolitan culture or Napolitan history or Napolitan people especially one of the things I didn't like about it is that these people they're speaking very nice Italian while nobody in the neighborhood <laughs> is speaking Italian and that's a choice of course because you want, you want to get to a broader audience uh, so you you write the world book in Italian and all the, 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 the dialogues in Italian but it doesn't feel right to me as a Napolitan uh, and and the whole story is just not particularly interesting uh, there is this uh, fascination with Italian um, that specific period in Italian history, uh, you know, the Dolce Vita period, and I think especially American people are very fascinated by that, you know, that kind of, you know, um, era of the, the, the Italian boom and whatever, and this whole, you know, black and white movies where uh, Italy looked like this exotic place in Europe where American people could just have a lot of fun and you know so but why, why why I mean okay we, we've had this conversation as well uh, that's I don't, why I don't I think this, I don't like this eco. book I don't uh, that's why I think this book got this famous abroad because yeah, but why do I, why do I not like uh, eco Umberto Eco you yeah, mean yeah you don't like Umberto Eco? Yeah, well, I, I'm, I'm not an expert. I, I just read uh, one book uh, by Umberto Eco called... His, his uh, great book was The Name of the Bells, and after that I thought it was being yeah, a patronizing twat. But, again, I was young when I, I read The Name of the Bells, and then when I tried to go on f further for Colts Pandalum... Now, this will create controversy because... Oh, I should, because I'm a bookshop owner. I should love for Colts Pendulum or whatever, etc. But I didn't. I'm sorry, that's my opinion. I, I, don't I haven't read it, so I don't, I don't have an opinion. I just it. didn't like it. Maybe I should go back and reread it, whatever. Let's go back to something else. The, the Name of the Rose, it was brilliant. It was brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. And God bless Sean Connery, he died last week, so he was in yeah. the movie, yeah? One of my favorite actors, yeah. 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 God bless him. Anyway, yeah. I'm not religious, but I just, just missed the guy. He was cool. The best yeah. James Bond, don't you think? Yeah, the best, yeah. yeah. I liked Roger Moore after that, but it was never. No, no, he didn't feel. He didn't feel yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. like, like, like. One thing I'm going to go back to because this is a bookshop, but also it's an event space, and of course the events have gone down, etc., whatever. And when we talk about influence from family or whatever, about music, mm -hmm. I have three sisters, and my two older sisters, I mean, whatever they were playing, and you know, a lot of their stuff was naff, etc., or their boyfriends introduced the music to them. But I was younger. And I just pick up their record sleeves and then go and look at that, and wow, they they were cool. They they, they influenced me a lot in music. What music were you into? Were you influenced by your brother, like your book? You said about your brother, kind of like turning you onto science fiction. What music were you into? Who who influenced your music uh, as a kid? A kid. Well, uh, you know, kids don't really pick the music. They're just you know somehow subjected to it you know you just, <laughs> yeah better way sure. yeah you you they just absorb whatever is around them and and pick what they like i i remember uh, you know my parents putting you know beatles or king crimson yeah. or at home and you know we had these vinyls and they would just play it all the, all the time especially on weekends i remember this on on sundays uh, especially and I remember, especially on Sundays, my father would 
pick, you know, Beethoven or Bach in the morning at 8 a.m. He would pick Bach and and I was very fascinated by, by classical music when I was a kid. Okay, and where did you progress from there? I mean, it's not progression, it's just... Where, where did you go from there when you went into uh, contemporary well, music? Uh, at one point, um, I remember specifically there was this summer, uh, I don't remember which year it was. There's a pause now, I'm lighting him a cigarette. Okay. Yeah, I don't smoke officially. <laughs> so officially. Yeah. So I remember this summer was I was probably twelve or thirteen. I was at this friend's house uh, in, in in the countryside for summer, and at one point he said, uh, you know, his his, his 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 sister's boyfriend uh, lent him these these two albums. And one was uh, remasters by Led Zeppelin, okay. and the other one was Wish You Were Here by Pink Floyd. Okay. And this How old are you, by the way? Now I'm yeah. 37. Okay. And these two albums, I mean, changed my life. Okay. Totally. I mean, since then, I w and, and I remember <coughs> playing these two, these two <coughs> albums over and over for. For years, um, I I still do sometimes. Trying uh, even now, even if now by now I, I I remember them by 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 earth. But uh, they ch changed me in so many ways because I got into you know the whole prog uh, rock uh, thing and you know uh, and and from there is I I started. I started loving, you know, rock music, uh, especially rock music from the seventies. Okay, so you st you, I mean, you you, you do play a, another instrument um, before you took up the banjo. You uh, played guitar about the same time. About when I was twelve, I started playing guitar. Mm. Uh, my dream was to play piano, but for. <laughs> many reasons I, I I couldn't get to play piano so I, I started playing guitar uh, and I in several occasions I started you know I, I really wanted to study guitar okay. I wanted to study guitar I didn't want just to be able to play a tune I wanted to be able to see the the logic behind the tune the how does it work? How do, how do you put chords together? Or do you put notes together? Mm -hmm. And all this kind of stuff. And uh, at one point, I even started to study, you know, a bit more seriously before getting into university. And then I started to, 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 to study Chinese, and I had to make a choice because okay. it was too much for me, you know, to study, you know, music theory and Chinese at the same time. It was just too much. Uh, I'm not smart enough for that. So you're in love with the banjo now though? Yeah? I mean I've, I've s only know you, uh, known you for a year or something and you've For some so reason that I cannot understand, uh, I since day one when I picked the banjo I started studying the banjo in the way I should always <laughs> study guitar and <laughs> I never need. Yeah, for yeah. some reason with yeah. banjo it was just natural, just clicked. I got the banjo and I wanted to study. I wanted to put my force in it. I wanted to take that hour a day to, you know, to study. 
which I, I could never do with guitar for some reason. Right. Uh, every time I started to do that with guitar, I had this, you know, I was I started to fret, you know. Uh, uh, is, is that a pun? Fret. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> and and wh while with 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 banjo, it never happened. Right. Um, it's a unique instrument, though. There's not many people take it up. When I say take it up, it's kind of like um, we have. Uh, well, before you, and he's still hanging around. Dermot, an Irish guy. Yeah. And he's he plays the big. I I don't I know nothing about banjos, but he plays the big one. Yeah. He, uh, he plays exactly the same banjo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sometimes he plays the open back banjo, which is different styles. Yeah. yeah usually the open back banjo is played with this other uh, technique called claw hammer. Claw hammer. Which yeah, yeah. Which is like sounds like a hand. great name. Make a claw hammer. It sounds like something out of a science fiction movie. <laughs> hey, claw hammer's coming down the road. <laughs> Be careful. Uh, it's a nice <laughs> name for a, for a reeling or something. <laughs> claw hammer. Uh, but yeah, uh, no, it's actually it's actually the the ancient way to play banjo because well, that's long story. I don't know if you're if, if no, we have got time for that. In podcast, in, we'll in do that in stage two. Yeah, well, uh, uh, suffice to say that basically it's the the old way banjo was played because banjo is uh, was originally a, an African instrument that right. the slaves brought to to the states. When to America when when they were brought there as slaves, and they were playing it with barons, and the the modern technique uh, for banjo that the, it's the way I I play banjo is with picks with uh, mm -hmm. finger picks, mm -hmm. and was developed the way later like in the fifties, right. and it, it's it's usually um, say that the, the Earl Scruggs this famous banjoist. Um, develop this this technique based okay. on rolls, based on arpeggios, basically. Okay, we're gonna kind of like um, wind down this interview, and we're gonna go back to books for the last time. What are you reading now? What what have you been reading in the past year or? Well, I'm reading a lot of fantasy nowadays. I I I would like to now reading this book by. Uh, Brandon Sanderson, but I, I, it's it's kind of uh, fantasy. That it's not my favorite kind of fantasy book, uh, but I, 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 I like it in many ways. Um, it's good entertainment in a way. But I was thinking, you know, uh, later this year, the the, uh, maybe next year, the the new Dune okay, movie yeah, is going to come out. Uh, actually, June. Uh, the this the is why it's so popular. I didn't realize, but people are buying up. Every time I get a June book in here, people are coming in and buying it. And I, I'm, I'm trying to why? Because you know, I can have Mr. Herbert on the shelf for fucking years, and nobody buys June anymore. Yeah. Now I understand why. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's that's probably mm. easy. I, but that's we saw the first movie, right? And it was well, I don't know, shite. Well, I actually June is my favorite book. Okay. It's my favorite book ever. Uh, and and the the movie by Lynch wasn't up to my expectations. I mean, it wasn't. You can never make a good movie out of a book. Uh, this is uh, this is a different thread. Uh, basically, what I think uh, once when in Napoli, I got the chance to see this this exposition about you know the um, 
the the project by Jodorowsky. You know the Jodorowsky. Yeah, I, yeah. I watched this documentary on this. Yeah, yeah Jodorowsky yeah. was was uh, planning to do a, a movie about uh, on uh, a Dune movie yeah, yeah. Uh, with people like you know uh, Salvador Dali. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was fucking crazy project mm. and. I, I went to this uh, uh, exhibition and the exhibition was fantastic because mm -hmm. you had all this 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 um, uh, you know all the, the all the, the all the project it was designed by them by Jodorowsky and, and and his stuff and and it was brilliant and and it somehow it uh, reflected the way I the way I was imagining the book right right, right. Uh, way more. Uh, the way Lynch right. actually put it in in in, yeah. in, in, in a movie, and uh, so I always thought that that would have been fantastic. It could have been done better. It maybe. could have yeah. been better, but yeah. they never got the money to to make it. And now right? maybe it's going to be done right. Well, this time I don't know. I don't know. I hope it's 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 great. Uh, and I was thinking to to reread the book for mm. the maybe I don't count. There's none on the shelves. Third or fourth time. I I have it at home. No problem. <laughs> okay, we're gonna wind up this. But uh, could you give us just a little bit of a banjo melody before we uh, leave off? You started with a bit of one, uh, and give us one to leave the interview. And again, thank you very much. I am. Um, uh, remember, this is the last bookshop in Japan. Um, I haven't said this before in any of the podcasts, but. If you want to order books from us online, it's Infinity Books Japan. Um, pretty easy to find. It's pretty much the only website on Japan. If you want to donate, then you can do it through PayPal, which is um, infinitybooksjapan.gol.com. So, uh, at markgol.com. Again, um, if you want to donate books, then come in and donate some books. If you want to, uh, exchange books then we give you um, a certain amount of in-store credit and we'll have a look at the books send us a list if you've got a lot if you don't just come in and we'll, we'll have a look at them if we, you want money for books well yeah in these times we'll try hardest our hardest to uh, give you something but we can't promise anything all right um, Dario Lupoli is that the right pronunciation Lupoli Lupoli um, thank you for the interview and thank give you. us something to say goodbye to all right. Thank you.